9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. You text or call us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. It's, you know, Friday's normally kind of a just, uh, it's always wide open. Yeah, kind of a free-for-all. Today's kind of turned into that, hasn't it? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. That's what happens when franchise tag day comes and goes and free agency doesn't really start and selection sunday is coming up sunday your big conferences are still in the preliminary stages of tournaments baseball season's kind of spring training a little because of the wbc you know you're you're seeing kyle freeland pitch to rockies or whatever when the team six you know play exhibitions against you know, the actual world baseball classic competitors or the games that are actually being shown in the world baseball classic or in the middle of the night. And you're just kind of like, all right, well, it's got to fill three hours today. So we'll talk about Vegas and, you know. Because there's tournaments going on in Vegas yeah. right now. Don't forget uh, Mark Johnson, Jimmy Buffett. Scott Wilkie. We'll have the call the Buffs and uh, UCLA today pregame at 1230 on the team. First day of the uh, Fanning yeah. Memorial Classic, which we plan on covering, but because of some schedule changes, because they're trying to, they normally play Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, but because of expected bad weather this weekend, they're doing today, tomorrow. Right. And our plan was to cover each school one time, but with some other other commitments that we have, that was not, and they changed the schedule. Mm-hmm. So we pivoted, shifted to uh, Buffs Pac-12 tournament. There we go. Only one yesterday, so yeah. it made and a lot of sense. If they win today, we'll have them on tomorrow night. Okay. So, uh, and don't forget, we'll have Colorado Mesa men's basketball Saturday night. Corey Owens is going to have the the call from uh, Texas, from Canyon, Texas, on that one, as the uh, the Maverick men's basketball team takes on Angelo State. Our pregame at six fifteen, six thirty tip for that one coming up on Friday night, and then, of course Maverick baseball tomorrow. We'll have it right here on the team. CMU Sports Network with pregame at 3.15, 3.30 first pitch. Ethan Jordan will have that one. But the uh, Fanning Memorial Classic schedule, by the way, playing right now. Fruita Monument against Rampart at Saplesio. Palisade Prairie View at Canyon View. So those games underway. Fruita Monument Lutheran, 11.45 today at Saplesio. Grand Junction, the um, first game for Sia Espinosa, the Tigers coach. We hope to get him on the program tomorrow. But uh, Junction Palmer Ridge, 1145. That's a Canyon View today. Palisade Lutheran at 230 at Saplazio. Central Rampart, 230 at Canyon View and Grand Junction Prairie View at 515 tonight at Saplazio. Then tomorrow morning at 9 at Saplazio at Central Lutheran. Canyon View at 9 o'clock is Grand Junction Rampart. Palisade Palmer Ridge, 1145 at Saplazio. Fruit of Monument Prairie View at 1145 at Canyon View. And then Central Palmer Ridge at uh, 230 tomorrow at Saplesio. So get out and support uh, the local baseball uh, going on today and tomorrow. We we talk about with going to Vegas mm-hmm. and Jimmy Buffett because you went to Margaritaville when uh, we had our, like I said, the last time you and I were, were in Vegas at the same time. Right. And you brought up, of course, the song that's his best known song. Mm-hmm. Named the re- restaurant franchise after it, so yeah. obviously it's it's huge. It's interesting thing that that song 
because Jimmy Buffett's so connected with Key West, Florida. Mm-hmm. You know where that song actually he wrote it, where he got the idea? Texas. He was living in Texas at that time. And he had never had a margarita. And that was the inspiration for Margaritaville. Oh, look at that. A lot of people now, think yeah. he helped completely inspire a brand, a cache of people on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook whose lives revolve around the margarita. That is their personality is they like margaritas and it's all Jimmy Buffett's fault. And I and I'm a, I'm among that group. I do uh, enjoy it. You enjoy but that is not your personality. No, it's when not. The no, only I'm, thing people like what do you know about so uh, post a lot about margaritas. No, that's not me. No. I do like margaritas. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, it's not it's not everything right. <laughs> about me. That's all uh, you follow me on any social media, no, I don't don't post pictures of margaritas. I just, I just, I don't. Too busy drinking them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. But uh, you said that's the only song you know, so I thought I give, song I, I'm going to give you a couple here. Okay. Before we pivot into some other stuff, mm-hmm. and he's a word that you used moments ago. Do we have sound for these? I believe I'm hoping oh, okay. it's going to work. Fingers crossed. All right. A lot of people think that this is actually his best song. If it'll play it here, we'll see. Come Monday. Thank you very much. One of my oh, two point four. Okay, he's going to give me the whole. The car is oh. not. A, no, I wanted yeah. the song, Jimmy. Here we go. I did don't need you, you talking did you about. Check it. our system for these. Well, I know some of these we don't have. Oh, okay. Here we go. And honey, I didn't know that I'd be missing you so come Monday. It'll... All right. So some people think that's his best song. I come Monday's good. I don't. I don't dislike. It's okay. And I lied. I know two Jimmy Buffett's songs. We know Come Monday. Okay. I know Margaritaville and the one he does with Alan Jackson. The 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, 5 o'clock somewhere, yeah. yeah. So I lied. I know two well, Jimmy Buffett's What about this one? I would think you and I both love the thing he's singing about. Cheeseburger in Paradise? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes, I know this song. <laughs> okay. So... I flushed this memory because the cheeseburger in paradise on the menu sucked. Sucked? <laughs> it was both overcooked and kind of cold. Which is not a good combination. This is one I, I believe we used to play on one of the stations. I don't remember which one exactly, mm-hmm. but... Sounds like the typical Jimmy Buffett song, right? Yeah, some waves in the background. Steel drum somewhere. Got a little harmonica in it. A little bit, yeah. Oh, there you go. Tie to your home state. Technically. Part of Ohio, yes. I don't know this one at all. This one's okay. It's, It's Finn's is the song. Oh, okay. Yeah. About a woman from the Midwest that goes down to the islands and doesn't you know very leave. very very straight laced and she, she doesn't want to go back yeah. to Cincinnati. You know, and who can blame her, right? Yeah. Go down to the islands. Don't have to worry about getting your skyline a five wade with the <laughs> spaghetti noodles and the onions. You can go down there and have chili, however you damn well. Exactly. Please. I understand. I can. All right. Well, I, I was trying to just provide a, a brief. Tutorial on the, the music yeah. of Jimmy Buffett. Uh, we've Pirate Looks at Forty is a really good song. It's far more. It's, it's not. It's not upbeat. 
it's mm-hmm. more of a it's, it's a bit of a downer song a little bit. We've quintupled my Jimmy Buffett knowledge from one song to yeah. five. And not that that was my mission or my, my my goal today at all was was to do that. No, I did not walk in the door today. Hey, I wonder Let's if I need to educate the Buckeye, Buckeye boy on Jimmy Buffett. On Buffett, yeah. No, that was not that was not my intention. Well, I'm look. I know our buddy is, Greg. If he's listening, he's losing his mind that I don't know these songs. <laughs> and he's probably I think way, I lost some respect. And he's probably way more into Buffett than than I am by a long shot. Oh, he is not a probably. He's definitely way more into Jimmy Buffett. All right, Jim and the Buckeye Boy today, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. And um, He puts what, umbrellas in his coffee. That's how much he likes a, Jimmy Buffett. Drops a little umbrella and a slice of pineapple on the rim of his coffee cup. He's got the puka shell necklace on every day. Yeah. You hear him coming down the hall. You hear Ty walking. You hear Greg clink, 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 clink with the shells, yeah. One of the flip-flops. Yep. Some good news, though. Uh, we keep it musical here for just a moment before yeah. we transition back into sports. I know the people out there, they're not talking sports. Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame voting's out right now. Oh, okay. Top five, you know, and the fan voting. Mm-hmm. You know who's in the top five right now? Kiss? No. Iron Maiden? Yes. Yeah. Maiden's like third or fourth, I think, in the voting. Judas Priest got in. Maiden's got to get in. I would think so. Absolutely. Soundgarden, another one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah. They're in the top five right now, too. You know who's the leading vote getter right now? Probably somebody not rock and roll. I wouldn't I wouldn't perceive this guy as rock and roll, but at least pop. George Michael. Oh, okay. He's I mean, pop. He's not rock, but he's pop. Right. He's not like, you know, hard-edged metal no. rock star guy, but he's kind of like a rock star Willie guy. Willie Nelson's sixth in the voting right now. Should he get in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't. Uh, to me, Dolly Parton, I can, I get that. I mean, her, more the bo- really than Dolly. The the bo- the body of work is greater from Dolly Parton in terms uh, of songwriting. That, that's definitely true. Well, well. The body of work. <laughs> settle, settle down there. Whoa, whoa, settle down, settle down there, champ. I didn't say it. <laughs> I think she's a better songwriter personally. I'm the the Willie, Willie Nelson fans are probably losing their mind. I think she's a better songwriter. But, uh, Willie kind of falls yeah. into Buffett head esque. Yeah. You know, what's Willie's personality? That dude smokes a lot he of weed. Smokes a lot of weed. He's kind of like Snoop. <laughs> he's really, a, he's a white personality. A, he was Snoop before Snoop. Yeah, his right? personality is the color. It's green. No, I, I, you know what? Sure. Why not? I run DMCs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That ship has kind of sailed. I think. But over Cheryl, a, Crow, over Cheryl Crow. Willie? I mean, t- when it comes to talking about rock rockers and okay, they got they got Dolly in, and that's great. And everybody, lo- everybody loves Dolly Parton. Not that everybody doesn't like Willie Nelson. Is it's like an- another another year we're gonna have somebody that's yeah, yeah. But is kind of a quote not- rocker ish. Yeah, she's I mean, some of her stuff. Very, yeah, she's kind of George Michael territory. Oh she's no! Oh poppy. no! That's 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 fighting words there, dude. No, Cheryl Crow is not. When does Lita Ford get in? Speaking of rock chicks. Come on. Kiss me, Danley. It's a terrible song. Or Absolutely the, hated the, that uh, song. The Runaways in? They My should girl, be. Joan Jett? I don't know if the Runaways They should be. I agree with that. I don't dislike Willie Nelson. I was thinking, okay, maybe another year or two for Willie. I mean, mm-hmm. not that he's going to live forever. 
he's up there. But they just got Dolly in. You know, Dolly's in. How about let's wait on another one that's kind of you're not really sure that they're they're not really a, a, a rock person mm-hmm. per se. Uh, if he gets I, in, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go pitch tor- you know torches and pitchforks I on anybody. Don't see a rock and roll hall of fame for the runaways, which is which a is a travesty and a mockery. Absolutely, it it's a Travis Sham mockery. This whole thing is a travesty and a sham and a mockery. It's a Travis Sham mockery. All right, we move on. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Talk about uh, the Avalanche by Gabriel Landeskog. Is Landy going to be back at all this season? Because we initially heard going to the season from Jerm manager Chris McFarland that he didn't expect any Avalanche players to miss time with injuries from the previous season. But when Landis Scog got back in the ice for offseason training, he had you know, knee problems last year, and that the knee started to bother him again. And then that led to the surgery that he had several, several, several weeks ago. And so the team initially thought he'd be back by the end of the regular season. Now it's starting to look more like, mm, I'd be lucky if you get him back maybe second round of the playoffs. The Jerry Bednar said it's a slow-moving process for him. We've got to take it day by day. He continues to do the work to push to try to get back and help our team. McFarland said, and this is from The Athletic, he's doing everything he can to get back. We're hopeful that he'll, he will at some point. Like, didn't he just skate? Like, I thought it was, that meant, you know, when he's on the ice with the that team. That's good, that, that's good, right? That Yeah, like, I don't know if he's actually with the team. I think it was at the facility. But he hasn't played at all, and it's just like... You kind of get to a point to where you're like, you know what? Why risk the rest of the contract for this season? Playoffs or not, right? Exactly. I'm kind of in that point with Landeskog. It's like, let's let's just get healthy and worry about next year. Because, like you said, it seemed initial. Like, okay, he'll, he'll be back. He'll be ready for the playoffs. He'll be fresh. You, you know, have the 30-goal season. Last year, he played only 51 games. Right. They miss him. He's one of the better defensive forwards this team has. But it's starting to sound more and more like he might not be back at all this season. And, look, they have not been... Not not that he is the missing ingredient, specifically, because mm-hmm. I think they miss Nazem Kadri and the presence that he had, goal scorer. Yeah, the... the Kind of a grinder guy. Grinder guy. But Landy's kind of that guy mm-hmm. in his own way. They miss his presence, I think, in the in the dressing room every day. He's a more level-headed, bigger version of Nazem Kadri. Exactly. So you have that, that to be disappointed about, the way it sounds. It doesn't sound real promising for Landis Gog to come back. Switch back to the Broncos as we extend from around the NFL into the 9 o'clock yeah, hour. Yeah, sure. That uh, the Athletic has put out a list of free agent targets from Nick Cosmender of the from the Athletics top fifty one free agents, the players that Cosmender thinks that the Broncos should key in on. And we talked about one of these guys last hour, and that's Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. That uh, the Jags didn't tag him; they tagged tight end Evan Ingram instead. He's been really durable which is what Denver needs. 
Started all 67 games the Jags played, including the playoffs. He allowed career lows in sacks, five pressures of 16 last year, according to True Media and Football Fo- Pro Football Focus. Good numbers, a guy they could certainly benefit from having in their lineup. They like the durability. Yeah. I mean, Orlando Brown would be fantastic. Taylor would be a really, really nice addition at the age of 25. Lots and lots of upside with Jawan Taylor. Former New Orleans, well, he's still a New Orleans Saint, but could be former. Marcus Davenport, the edge rusher. And Peyton's final year in New Orleans back in 2021, Davenport had a career-high nine sacks. And Davenport produced only a half a sack in 15 games last season. His pressure rate dropped to a career-low 13.3. So he is a guy that when Peyton was there, not the not Sean that has anything to do with anything. I think more of a coincidence than anything yeah. else. But Marcus Davenport does have that potential of being a, a productive pass rusher. Is he going to be a 13-14 sack guy? I don't know about that. Seven to eight sacks, that's a possibility. Could have an outlier year where he goes over 10 sacks. But he would bring some youth at 26. Mm-hmm. And some talent to the the edge rush position for the Broncos. Also, they have, and he's rated as the 19th. Uh, Juwan Taylor's a 15th rated free agent on the athletics list. Marcus Davenport's the 19th rated player. Caleb McGarry, offensive tackle for the Falcons. He's 24th rated in the athletics top 150 free agents. He's played and he came into the league in 2019. He's played 63 of a possible 66 games and started all but one of them. And Sean Payton signed a lot because obviously he was in New Orleans uh, watching uh, McGeary play for the Falcons. And so the, the staff knows him. Zach Strafe and those guys know what McGeary brings to the table. Atlanta declined McGeary's fifth-year option last spring, and he responded to the career year in which he was rated as the league's fourth-best tackle by pro football focus. Could pull between, in between 17 and $18 million per season in an upcoming deal. 25th ranked in this list is Mike McGlinchey, the tackle from the 49ers. He's 28. Ninth round or ninth pick overall in the 2018 draft. And so McGlinchey's a really good run blocker. He's probably the best true right tackle on the market. Yeah. And then pass rushers like Marcus Davenport are, are, are important for the Broncos and a priority. One of them is Zach Allen, who's 28th on this list. Mm-hmm. Played for the Cardinals, played for Vance Joseph. Allen had a career-best five-and-a-half sacks in 13 games last season, 47 tackles, but 10 for loss. So a guy they know well. Uh, 39th on their list is David Onyemata, the defensive lineman from? From? You know where? Uh, no. The New Orleans Saints. Oh, yeah. When I say that, it usually means... Probably played for the Saints. Saint or a Viking, Viking or Ohio State, and his name didn't sound familiar. And I, and then I know Yannick Ngakwe with the Colts is yeah. another name that's on this list. I know people are automatically, oh, he played for Saints. A defensive player, which Sean Payton had a passing acquaintance with when he was in New Orleans. It's like, oh, yeah, that guy, those right. guys are out there now. Like, I saw the same thing from people. It's like, man, a Davenport kid. He had nine sacks when... Sean Payton was there. Well, yeah, he also had 11 and a half sacks combined in his first three years yeah. in the NFL. 
or 12 sacks. Whatever oh, the University the of Texas San Antonio, I believe, for Marcus uh, Davenport. Yeah, I believe he's an Utsa guy. Um, you know, so he had nine sacks for Sean Payton. Yeah, he had. He went from 12 to 21. But it wasn't like Sean Payton was the reason why. It wasn't why. like Sean Payton was, you know, scheming these things together. So Absolutely. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And we're going to talk to uh, our friend and colleague, Don Piccoli, down in Durango. Actually, he's over in Denver. He's going to have the call tonight of the Durango girls uh, when they're playing. Uh, they play in the 5A Final Four tonight. thought we'd uh, give a little uh, love to our uh, friends down south representing the Western Slope. We'll have that coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back in, Jim and the Buckeye Boy, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Tonight you have the Durango Girls, also the Glenwood Girls, in the final four of the 5A State Basketball Tournament over at uh, the Denver Coliseum. And with us right now, friend and colleague from uh, down in Durango. He's actually on the front range, going to call the game tonight. Uh, the Demons in the final four. Don Piccoli joins us. Don, appreciate the time. How are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you up in the Grand Valley? Uh, we're doing okay, Don. Doing okay. And uh, what what a season for the Durango girls uh, to to get to the the final four, of the five A state basketball tournament, to uh, win the Southwestern League for the first time. I believe I saw in the uh, the Durango Herald first time in like twenty five years. It's been quite a special season for the Durango team, hasn't it? Well, it's interesting considering that last year they were a seventeen seed, had to go up play Littleton, beating the. 16 seed Littleton on the road, and then, then facing number one Windsor. You know, all of a sudden in one year, they go from being the underdog to one of the favorites, and, and really with the, basically the same bunch of girls. They had one transfer come in who has uh, certainly done a part of it, but, uh, you know, you can't talk about the Durango Demons without their senior leader, Mason Rowland. She's been starting since a freshman and uh you know but but a really solid coaching staff that durango has and these girls have uh, made a commitment to defense and to uh and to staying with it and and it's shown on the uh, scoreboard most likely and mason roland of course helping to lead uh, durango to the the league title this year 18 points per game the, the player of the year in the southwestern league i mean there's she just had such a remarkable career at durango and I mean, when you've covered Durango for a long time, is there a girls basketball player from the Four Corners area that you can compare to Mason Rowland? Yes, yes, but but, but they're few and far between. Right. I mean, we had Katarina Garcia back about 15 years ago. True. Who also was a freshman starting and, and went on to play college ball. And, and, and you guys are going to be lucky up there, especially broadcasting uh, CMU games because you're going to get to see her for four years up there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. I mean, it's just. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're the we're the recipient of uh, some of the talent you're producing. Yeah, no doubt about it. Because Garcia was up here, and then and then Mason Rowland, of course. Yeah. No. And 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 uh, I mean, trust me, it's 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 nothing personal. Um, I'm happy to see Mesa get these girls and and have them, uh, you know, just continue their career and. You know, at least we get to come to see him come down once a year anyway and play. But uh, no, Mason's a special person. There's uh, there's an intensity about her, and and if you looked at her on the on you know just coming off the bus, you wouldn't think she is that competitor that she is. She just looks like this little blonde, 
haired, blue-eyed, you know, girl, and, 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 I mean, she is a fire. She is a Tasmanian devil on the court. Don Piccoli uh, calls the Durango Demons, joins us today from Denver. The uh, Demons uh, square off against Roosevelt tonight. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But you mentioned the, the transfer that came in, and it's been a big addition. Of course, this team is built around what Mason Rowland does. But can you talk about her a little bit and, and what she's meant to this team? Well, Hallie Peterson, it was really having somebody just fall into the lap for Tim Fitzpatrick. Uh, we always laugh because it seems like Fruita Monument and, and Grand Junction and Palisade, they get all those really good transfers, and we're always straight, you know, scratching our head down in Durango going, where's our transfers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and it really worked out well that Hallie had a uncle up in Durango who actually uh, up until just the last couple of years helped coach uh, – uh, Fort Lewis College men's basketball team. And uh, there were some issues. I don't know exactly what happened. I'm not 100% privy on it. But uh, she moved up to Durango, and she has been a solid player, second-leading scorer on the team. And, and more than anything, she gives an inside presence that Durango really hasn't had, and, and also senior leader, leadership. Plus, you know, being, being a coach's daughter never hurts. Never does. No, always that that yeah. that intellect, that that knowledge of the game. Uh, no doubt that uh, that's always a, a huge plus. We're talking with Don Piccoli. He'll have the call of the Durango girls now when they take on Roosevelt. And look, this Roosevelt team is a really good basketball team. Uh, they have uh, four players that are in in double digits in scoring. See, Buckeye, you had what Central Roosevelt last year, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so we've you've had some experience with them, Buckeye, in terms of. Of here locally taking on Roosevelt, but this is a it's a really uh, big matchup for Tim Fitzpatrick and the Durango Demons tonight in the Final Four. Well, Durango's not going to do anything different that they have done all year, you know. And, and one thing that I I've looked at what Roosevelt had done in their league versus Durango, and and yes, Roosevelt's twenty four and two. They were seventeen and one in their league, but their league I don't think top to bottom was nearly what the Southwestern League was this year i mean you look at uh, what central and montrose and fruta uh did i mean durango had especially on the road going up there and playing those double headers it was it was tough competition week in and week out and then of course we also had glenwood springs come down to durango and play it as an overtime win for durango but but a lot of tough competition for durango roosevelt's a young team they don't have a senior on the team one of their best players is a freshman which we've talked about Mason Rowland and Katarina Garcia and a lot of these other freshmen who are instant uh, contributors to their team. And obviously Roosevelt has that as well. Um, but I kind of wonder when you get into the big lights, bright lights, big city type atmosphere, uh, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather put my stock on the seniors. Don Piccoli with us today. I'll have the call tonight of uh, the Durango girls against Roosevelt in the 5A Final Four. Okay, fill in the blank for me, Don. If the demons do blank, they're playing the state championship game. <laughs> well, really, what it's going to come down to, if you want, if you want my honest opinion about the key of the game, is they're going to have to hit their shots early. Um, the first two rounds against Bear Creek and Pueblo West, they started off slow uh, offensively. They they just missed a lot of shots, especially shots in the paint. And uh, they can't afford to go, you know, be down, 
excuse me, be down by even even five or ten points in this in this game early. I think Roosevelt's offense is too good. They're going to play defense, and they're going to play defense very well all game. But if they can get some of the, you know, Mason can hit a couple of shots from three. Uh, Riley Campbell can hit a couple of shots from three. Uh, Mariah Mestas, Tyler Trujillo. I mean, if if they can get some of those uh, shots to go in early and force and force Roosevelt out because Durango's inside game is pretty solid. But if they can force the defense out on the perimeter, then again, defensively, they're going to stay in the game if if they can hit the shots early. So if you get by Roosevelt, if Glenwood gets past Windsor, you get a get a rematch with them. I mean, you beat them the last time in overtime, forty to thirty five. So it could be a, an all Western Slope uh, matchup in the five A state all championship demons. game. All yeah, demons against well, demons. Yeah, and, and, and you guys know calling games when you have similar nicknames is really a pain in the butt. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, a, that's but what I did. What I'll deal with that scheme. if. if I'm sorry. What about similar color scheme? A little orangish, reddish with some black. Oh, the the whole thing. Thankfully, that uh, they won't all be wearing the same color on the basketball <laughs> floor. That'd be really confusing. That'd be but, really, really. Tough. Uh, yeah. I, listen, I don't know how many people. I know a lot of people in the front range were amazed that number eight beat number one last week. I wasn't. I I expected Glenwood to win that that uh, quarterfinal matchup. Yeah, it's a tremendous performance. Jordan Spires for them had, you know, she's been averaging almost 14 points per game. They they get that 48-41 win over uh, George Washington last week, and so Glenwood uh, could be playing the Durango Demons. We'll find out. Uh, of course, tonight it starts with Glenwood's tip off uh, against Windsor at 5:45 at the Denver Coliseum, then Durango Roosevelt at 7:15. So Donna Sway wants to to listen to your broadcast. Uh, how do they listen to that online? We stream online, 99xdurango.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you got an old-fashioned radio and you're in the Durango area, it's 99.7 FM, but uh, it seems like very few people actually have radios anymore. So 99xdurango.com. And I know the people following it. Of course, we got Plateau Valley boys. Uh, they're playing in the 2A grade 8 tonight. Rangeley, uh, they're playing as well in, in the 2A postseason from this side of the hill. So, we still have some some uh, Western Slope teams in action. Hey, Don, have a great call tonight. Best of luck to Durango. Well, look, we we may root against the Demons during the, the regular season, but uh, when the postseason rolls around, uh, we're the Western Slope. We're united. We we want you guys to. We want to see an all Western Slope League final. That'd be a lot of fun. You know, the Westies all have to stick together. We absolutely do. Hey, Don, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. All right, uh, Don Bacoli. Go to 99X, their uh, website, to get the stream tonight of the game. It could be really cool. Durango, Glenwood, mentioned 40-35, and they mm-hmm. played back on January 4th with uh, Durango winning in overtime in that game. Mason Rowland, as Don referenced. For a moment, I'd forgotten. That's right, Mason Rowland's going to play at CMU. play at CMU. And in that game... Um, against, uh, let's see, I'm looking to see. Mason Rowland had 23 points that night. She'll all scores to lead uh, Durango to the victory. Uh, Taylor Wagner's getting a good one. Yeah. Also a really good player we should reference is Fruit of Monuments, Liv Campbell. And uh, Liv Campbell's been selected to play in the show. Um, the Fruit of Sophomore is playing the show All-Star game. 6 o'clock, March 24th at the Herrera Events Center in Denver. 
It's, of course, the the state's top high school basketball showcase. She averaged uh, just under 16 points per game this season. Wildcats went 19-5 and and got to the second round of the 6A state tournament. So uh, Liv Campbell has been invited to, to participate in the show. Congratulations to her on that. All right, 9.35, and it's time for... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1948 NHL President Clarence Campbell expels Billy Taylor of the New York Rangers and Don Gallagher of the Boston Bruins because of gambling associations. 1958, George Yardley of the Detroit Pistons becomes the first NBA player to score 2,000 points in a season. Yardley averages 27.8 points in the 72-game season. 1968, Houston's Elvin Hayes, the Big E, scores 49 points and pulls down 27 rebounds and a 94-76 win over Loyal of Chicago in the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament. 1977, Anthony Roberts of Oral Roberts has an NIT record with 65 points and a 90-89 loss to Oregon in the first round. 1979, Detroit's Kevin Porter hands out a franchise record 25 assists as the Pistons beat the Celtics 160-117. to And that's this day in sports history. You mentioned the guy scoring 2,000 points in a season. Uh, notable NBA players like Anthony Edwards and Zach Levine might get there this season. Jason Tatum will. He's at 1881. Luca, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's uh, just a scoring machine. Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard, Julius Randle, Giannis. Those guys are all within striking distance of 2000 in a season as well. And that Roosevelt team that is playing Durango, like he's right about that freshman, but her older sister was a senior against Central last year, good player. Like, their top six players all got significant minutes against the Warriors in the playoffs last season. So, it may be young. They're not necessarily inexperienced for the Rough Raiders. Yeah, no doubt. And they, that it was a good, really good Central team they beat last year in the postseason. All right, 937. We'll take a break. Coming up next, it's In the Garage of NASCAR. Fred, brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan. I know I'm, I'm disappointed with the results for yours truly. Yeah. But it's the way it goes. Uh, hopefully, can't cannot win them all. But hopefully, your results will be stellar with Brackapalooza. It's back. It's powered by Ed Bozarth, Mark Miller, Chevrolet Buick. It's coming up this Tuesday, by the way, March fourteenth, five thirty until seven thirty at Warehouse twenty five sixty five. That's twenty five sixty five American Way. Print and bring your online bracket. Remember, you have to fill out your bracket online. That's that's how we do it. We will try to have a laptop there to fill out your bracket on site, but preferably do it from the comfort of your home. Work long as the boss doesn't mind you doing that. Yeah. But print out your bracket when you go to the team1340.com. Bring your bracket. You show up at 5.30, you earn 10 bonus points. Show up at 6 o'clock, you earn 8 bonus points. Show up at 6.30, you get 6 bonus points. Show up at 7, you get 4 bonus points. Live giveaways. Chance to win one of two pairs of Avalanche tickets so you'll have that opportunity to do that uh when you go and that we'll give those away coming up on tuesday night by the way also uh central distributing we'll have some uh, cool stuff out there from phil as well and just a lot of fun great food and drink specials and that's this tuesday night 5 30 until 7 30 warehouse 25 65 it's our bracket blues a party powered by ed bozarth mark miller chevrolet buick and once again forget when you bring your bracket if your co-worker joe or Sally says, hey, I did my bracket for Bracketpalooza. Can you take my bracket 
to get bonus points, you should probably tell them you need to make some time to go Tuesday night because if if, if you bring their brackets, those points you get bonus points. They, they do. They do not. You must be present with your bracket to get the bonus points. So because we've had people in the past, they work in an office, they get into the contest. One coworker comes and brings twenty brackets for everybody. Only the person that brought the bracket, only their bracket's going to get the bonus points. So keep that in mind. Make it a funny, because we always have fun doing it. We have yeah. a, a little Papa Shot out there, chance to win prizes playing Papa Shot. It's a lot of fun. Why wouldn't you want to show up? It's a perfect way to wind down after a long day. Plus, we're going to have the first four on as well. Mm-hmm. We'll be in the stadium area over at, uh, of course, um, Warehouse 2565. So get your bracket filled out now. Well, we'll don't wait till Sunday, I should say. No, get your bracket filled out then. Selection you fill it out now, but if you win, damn, that's impressive. That's impressive. You just go blind. Okay. <laughs> Get your bracket filled out this Sunday after Selection Sunday. Go to our website to do that, theteam1340.com. I don't know. We, we should probably find a price. If somebody, they could prove they filled out their bracket beforehand and they yeah. win. I don't know what I, I don't know what prize we could give away. Right. Because they'd have to get seedings. Matchups, yeah. winners, champion, the whole thing. Right? It would be incredible. It would be the most incredible. They should probably put their talent uh, to uh, use somewhere else. Maybe working for the government, CIA, something. I don't know. Or the lotto. <laughs> something. Or, or the lotto, exactly. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And uh, in the garage of NASCAR, Fred, brought to you by Montrose Ford. Nissan is next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. First of all, it's hilarious. Warp twisted individuals. Yes. Yeah! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Now, to anyone out there who wants to go fast, anybody. I want to go fast. We got the oval, then we're going to drive straight, and then we're going to be turning to the left. Green flag, you're ready to go in the air. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. It's time to go in the garage with NASCAR Fred, brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan. Not just a better deal, a better dealership. Stop by and see them in person or go to their website, MontroseFordNissan.com. With us right now from the great state of Iowa, it's NASCAR Fred. Good morning, Fred. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, boy, I was, was that a performance on Sunday or what? Do you think this Byron kid wants to be taken seriously? I think so. He made, I think, a, a fairly significant statement uh, with the win at Las Vegas. William Byron, of course, and the number 24 Chevrolet uh, taking the checkered flag at Las Vegas this last weekend. Swept the stages and led 176 laps. I mean, he just just actually really did dominate the race. So I was I was quite impressed. He's definitely got to be in the championship conversation this year. What about his performance? I mean, like you said, he dominated all the stages. But what else about his performance impressed you? What you saw, Fred, at Las Vegas from him? Well, one thing that I really noticed was, you know, I mean, he led so much of the, I mean, almost all the first two stages. About the only time he wasn't leading was during green flag pit stops. But then going into that last stage, things he, he got, I don't know if it was just a you know a slower pit stop or what the deal was, but he ended up a little farther back. He's about sixth or seventh place. And when you've been running out front the whole time, you don't know what your car is going to be like when you get in traffic. So that, you know, I've seen that happen many times. That'll happen to a guy and all of a sudden he's 15th. But uh, Byron, he made his way back up to the front. He didn't drop from that, you know, sixth or seventh place. He, he that, that I was impressed by that. They, uh, you know, they had a good enough handle on that car and on the track that they uh, they didn't lose their their momentum. They they made it back up to the front. 
So William Byron uh, takes the checker flag. Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Bubba Wallace, Christopher Bell, your top five. Any uh, surprises for you in regard to the top ten at uh, Las Vegas? I don't know if I'd call it surprises. Good run for Bubba Wallace. Uh, he's been, you know, been looking pretty good so far this year. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get a win. Um, Austin Sendrick, a good day for him. The, the, you know, the the young gun in the Penske stable there. He came in sixth. And Justin Haley, haven't really said a lot about him. He's with Spire Motorsports, which is kind of a second-tier team driving the uh, – I take that back. He's with Colleague. It's Ty Dillon and Spire. Uh, Justin Haley driving for Colleague in the 31. Uh Hasn't really made a lot of noise so far, but he ended up with a top ten, came in eight. So uh, that's probably the. the... Oh, uh, do we still have Fred? Hey, Am I still here? Oh, there, 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 you're back. He called back, him a Fred. second tier team, and <laughs> it was gone. You, okay, you disappeared, Fred. <laughs> and I and I was mistaken. Justin Haley drives for Colleague, not for Spire. But uh, it's really the first time we've heard much out of him, and he comes up with an eighth place finish. So. That's that's kind of good to see. He he, been, he was hot in the Xfinity Series. He may be putting something together this year. In the garage of NASCAR, Fred brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan. Not just a better deal, a better dealership. Pricing information at MontroseFordNissan.com. Uh, some kind of off-the-track stuff before we talk about uh, Phoenix coming up. Kurt Busch, Matt Crafton, Kevin Harvick, Brett Kading, uh, Lynn St. James, they're all going to go into the West Coast Stock Car Motorsports Hall of Fame induction. So congratulations to all those folks. Folks, of course, Lynn St. James, uh, one of the first, if not the first of members, serves me correctly, female driver at the Indianapolis 500. And so uh, those folks, one uh, yeah, one, one, one of the first uh, to race at Indy as a, as a female driver. But uh, uh, the, all those individuals going into the West Coast Stock Car Motorsports Hall of Fame. Yeah, Kurt Busch, of course, from Las Vegas. I suppose you could consider that West Coast. That's close enough. Um, Kevin Harvick, of course, Bakersfield. Um, Matt Crafton, I've always liked him. He's one of the grizzled veterans. And it's funny, in the Craftsman Truck Series, you've got all these kids who are, you know, 18, 19 years old. Uh, uh, what was his name? Nick Sanchez was running last week on his 18th birthday. Hey, I'm old enough to drive the big tracks. Um, and then you've got, you know, like Stuart Friesen and, and Matt Crafton, who have been there for years. And uh, Crafton, I just always have liked him. Three-time champion in the truck series. Nice to see him get that recognition. One other thing uh, I want to mention, that at Martinsville, they're leaving up Ross Chastain's stripe on the wall uh, <laughs> until until race weekend. So that that the incredible move that, that he made uh, up against the wall, that uh, that's going to be left up there until after that race weekend. That's definitely a piece of NASCAR history, so they're going to have that on display. They took that section of the wall out because, you know, they have to have to put new safer barrier in there just to make sure that it's up to spec. But they're they're preserving that that section of the wall and putting it on display. Justin Marks, of course, with Trackhouse Racing, they're they're going to save that car. They're not going to touch it. They're going to put it on display in their shop. So that's that's a historic NASCAR moment. Won't happen again because NASCAR has you know kind of tweaked the rules a little bit to make sure that. You do try something like that, it, it won't pay off for you. You'll get a one or two lap penalty or something like that. So that's nice to see. Though that was such an amazing, mind-boggling moment that it's, it's nice to see it commemorated. So now NASCAR moves on to uh, Phoenix coming up this weekend, and uh, look, cars are going to have less downforce at short tracks in 2023, and so that there was a you know an issue last year because drivers complained about dirty air at some of those tracks, uh, at, the, at the short tracks and the road courses. So they were unable to, to run close together for extended periods of time. 
And so the wake off the cars meant drivers could get stuck behind each other for laps and laps, even if a driver behind had a, a faster car. So that led to some changes, and we're going to see that starting this Sunday with the race at Phoenix. Right, and it really is a swing in the other direction when it comes to aerodynamics. So, two, like, you know, they run that, this, like at Daytona, I think it is, the, the rear spoiler is seven or eight inches tall. Big old thing back there. Well, for the, what they're going to be running at Phoenix, it's a two-inch rear spoiler. That's just like a trim strip. I mean, that really not, isn't going to do that much. Um, the, Dr. Eric Jacuzzi, part of the uh, effort to, to help NASCAR get this package developed, he says it's about a 30% downforce reduction uh, in a downforce level we haven't been at since pre-2000s for sure, like back in the mid-90s. So it's going to be a completely different animal. The drivers are talking about how much grip the car has, you know, and the suspension and the brakes and everything. So uh, they, they decided to, to to cut the downforce and kind of make it more back in the driver's hands. And, and drivers love that. They love to, you know, they love to be in charge of things. <laughs> it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. It'll be interesting, for instance, see whether, uh, whether Kevin Harvick will, will like it and will kind of get his mojo back at phoenix did you say his name was dr jacuzzi dr jacuzzi wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> does he have a roadside roadside stand somewhere maybe a service in a van that he provides um i don't know i'll have to check on that he's set up in the infield and you know get a little sore muscles and stuff after mm-hmm. 500 miles <laughs> just to hop Probably in doctor dr jacuzzi jacuzzi doctor <laughs> And yeah, aerodynamics like expert. Yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. We One have, thing we have uh, to mention, of course, go right ahead. Uh, is going to be without Chase Elliott again this week. I've been trying and trying. It said he was injured snowboarding in Colorado. I'm trying to find out where, but uh, none of the stories say that. But he was somewhere in Colorado, broke his leg snowboarding, and it's going to be out for six weeks. Uh, Josh Berry drove the number nine this week at Vegas, finished 29th. Uh, Barry's going to be driving most of the races. Um, Jordan Taylor is going to be at the uh, at the road course at Circuit of the Americas, and uh, just hopefully he'll get get mended quickly. and And then we'll be talking about the whole deal with the waiver for the playoffs and all that, which I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll do that for him. But uh, well, hopefully yeah, it doesn't uh, have the impact on his career like it did on uh, then Giants pitcher Madison Bumgarner when he was riding dirt bikes here in Colorado and got hurt. Right, and it kind of right. his career went like right in the crapper not long after that. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, it's just. It's not an exotic kind of injury. He just got a broken tibia. He's in a cast. He'll be, you know, he'll heal from that. Look at what Kyle Busch came back from, breaking both legs at Daytona. So, uh, yeah, I think Chase will be fine. He'll just he'll just miss about six weeks. It looks like. All right. So United Rentals uh, uh, coming up this weekend at Phoenix Raceway, Fox TV, and uh, so the the racing, of course, uh, coming up this Sunday, one thirty our time. I, I guess so. Quickly, results from last week. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ross Chastain, my pick, finished twelfth. Kyle Busch for Fred finished fourteenth. Joey Logano still waiting for him to cross the finish line for Jim. That's another point. Uh, <laughs> Rat. That takes you back Weasel. to an even zero points on the season. First pick this week is you, Jim, followed by Fred, and I get the leftovers. All right. I'm I'm going to go Kyle Larson coming up at Phoenix. Fred? I'm going to go with another Hendrick driver, actually, a guy who's been a little bit under the radar. I mean, he's consistent. He's sitting second in the points, um, and he's from Arizona. I think uh, I think Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman. I'm going to go with a guy that's near the top of the uh, odds for this weekend. He was near the top 
last weekend. I'm going to go Christopher Bell. Okay. Did you play your little champions thing, your little uh, Talladega Nights? Oh, no, I didn't for uh, still in first place for uh, yours truly. Just a big, hairy American winning machine. Okay, here we go. It's not official until you play that. All right, once again, this Sunday, Fox TV. Fred, enjoy the racing this weekend. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. All right, there he goes. Yeah. Not with with not necessarily with a puff of smoke, a whole big old belly. A donut donut in the infield. And then away he goes. I'm really the only one with points in the positive. Because you're at zero. Fred's still negative one. Yeah. So technically, I'm in second place. Technically, you are in second place. You don't have any points, but at least you haven't gone into the negative. Well, you have. You just earned it back. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Cake will be in tomorrow. I'll have Where in the World is Tyler Franson. Uh, also in tomorrow's program, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex will join us. We're going to talk with former Mav Jeff Toodle. That's coming up tomorrow on the Jim Davis Show on the team, Sports Network.